0: Hello? Are we on the air? Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast, where we ask not what's in your head, but what your head is in. Prepare to be inspired, inspired to change your environment, change your mindset, and ultimately change your life. Willpower doesn't work, people. If you truly want to move away from stress and anxiety, you have to start with your environment. With your environment. So let's go. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Happiness is loading. It's loading. Welcome to the Beyond the, Mind podcast.
1: Beyond the Mind podcast.
0: Hello, podcast world. I am your host, Ian Highfield. And first of all, I want to apologize. It's been a while since I did a podcast, but that is for very good reason. I have been on the road. Uh, coaching, giving clinics, uh, and just being extremely, extremely busy. But I had a ton of fun. Um, I learned a lot and I got to hang out with some awesome people and I got to see the world. So I'm super excited that I get to travel and I get to share my passion uh, of sports psychology and effective practice with so many people. But I got to admit, it's great to be back in Inman Park sitting in my kitchen, doing a podcast. And on today's podcast, we have a guest. And this guest is, I, I would say, very interesting and very inspirational because he's a sports psychologist, but he not only educates people in sports psychology, he absolutely uses it himself because he competes in some crazy events that really do uh, require psychological excellence. So I really want everyone to engage in this podcast and understand the person that's speaking to us. Yes, he's speaking to us as an educator, but he's also speaking to us as someone who could almost be classed, uh, or maybe even classed as an elite athlete. Uh, the reason I asked Dr. Robert Bell to be on this show um, is with the links to Sober October. So as some of you know, I'm going to be doing 31 Murphs in 31 days uh, and really sort of pushing my mind and body to its limits whilst, whilst giving up alcohol and watching my diet. Uh, and a few of the Beyond the Mind tribe that we formed on Instagram, they're going to be doing something very, very similar. So to educate and inspire not only the Beyond the Mind tribe, Um, But people who tune into the podcast, people who want to perform to a higher level, I got Dr. Robert Bell on to not only talk about sports psychology, but to talk about his experiences competing in some of these events that really, really need psychological habits of excellence. So without any further ado, I am going to fire you over to the conversation that I had uh, about two weeks ago now with Dr. Robert Bell. Dr. Robert Bell, how are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. No worries. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time to be on. Uh, I know you're extremely busy, uh, and uh, I, really, uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, as we, we just spoke off here, the podcast is, is all about positive change, uh, changing your environment, changing your mindset to, to ultimately change your life. Uh, and you're someone uh, that helps other people do this, um, but from what I've been seeing recently as well uh, on your social media, which is awesome to follow, uh, you do a very good job of this uh, for yourself. So um, I don't want to talk too much. I would love you to introduce yourself to the listeners, tell them um, what it is you do uh, professionally uh, and also personally, the goals that you set and, and what you strive for.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, again, uh, thanks for having me on. I mean, you know, as a, uh, so I'm a sports psychology coach, and so work with athletes, coaches, and teams on mental toughness. And that's just, you know, how do we perform our best when it matters the most? And then the other part is what everybody deals with, and that's how do we cope, deal, and handle with the adversity and setbacks in life. And one of the things I really believe that's not about the setback; it is about the comeback. And I mean, I was I was blessed, I think, just to get in this field early on because I mean. I was the athlete that thought way too much. You know, I always got stuck inside my own head. And and that wasn't really the gift. The gift was is that when I got to college, um, got kicked off baseball team and sports was done, I took that psychology class. And it, it was just tattooed in my heart, man. I was like, I I can use the mind and sports. Like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So I, I knew really early on and, and then just dedicated my life to that, um, you know, a lot of Side roads, I think, and stopping by a lot of small towns um, on, the, on the journey there, but um, went to uh, Temple University for a master's in University of Tennessee and started working with professional golfers then, and then it just morphed into just so many different professional athletes and collegiate athletes, and, and my attitude, I think, when it comes to everything is just like, everyone's an athlete. Our office is just different. So like even working with executives, I call them corporate athletes. And the reason why mm. is because, you know, we compete no, no matter what, we're always competing and we're competing against the most difficult opponent. And that's ourselves. because that mind that we have, it has a strategic advantage over us. Right. It's like, it, it knows, imagine trying to like beat somebody in one-on-one if you, if they already know what you're going to be doing. And so, you know, every morning when I wake up and I tell all my athletes as every morning when I wake up, still the first thought in my head is, man, you're not running today. And it's only when we can get that momentum going that um, that, that voice kind of quiet. So a lot of times it's about telling ourselves rather than listening to ourselves. And um, so that's that's me really briefly, man. I live in Indianapolis, got two great kids, wonderful wife. Kids are uh, 11 and nine now. So daughter and son. And um, are the
0: kids entering the sporting world?
1: Yeah, I think they have to, man. (laughs) And they do, you know, not um, basically for the lessons that it's going to provide. You know, I think, you know, if if somebody's in performance, you know, I just I'm not a musician. So I know they can get that in arts and theater and piano. But I mean, that's just not my world. My world is sports. So I think the lessons that they got to be able to provide, you know, how to communicate, how to problem solve, obviously the physical activity. But then the whole point about play, I mean, I'm just big on play and, you know, getting in that zone where nothing else really matters except just the task at hand and being able to celebrate it with teammates. I mean, I don't know if you can get it anywhere else. So, And and it's not like I want them to ever struggle in life. You don't want your kids to struggle. But, look, we're going to have setbacks. I want them to experience it now so they know how to be able to overcome it, not when they're 24 years old, and that's the first time they really start failing. So the fact that sport has an innate failure into it can give us those great lessons, man.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Do you have goals to become coach on that journey with your kids? Or are you going to really separate the dad role and the coaching
1: role? Like, how, how do you see it? Yeah, they're at the point. So my daughter, you know, she's into into soccer. So we're having kind of those those conversations now of you know what 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 do you want you know, and um, you know I know enough about the game um, strategic wise and just it's uh, I think it's just those conversations that we're having you know because it because if you really want to be you know at even a certain level um, you know then I'll, then I'll coach you different if if not then you know we just giggle and have fun and just keep, you know, the physical activity apart. And obviously still working on skills, but you know, I think the approach would be different. Now, my son, he's, uh, he's obsessed with golf. So, I mean, obsessed. Okay. And, and he's the one that, um, you don't need to ask him if he wants to play. Like you don't need to ask him if he wants to practice. Because that's all he wants to do. And so that part, man, it's, it's, uh, it's just being able to nurture that love and that joy for it and helping him stay positive And, I think just learn all the lessons. It's like everybody always says, "Man, I, I wish I had you, Rob." Like, like when I was this age, and um, knowing that just to be able to impart, I think those things on them. But there's going to be definitely be that point, man, where it's like, you know, I can't be the person that's telling them to mow the lawn and then they have <laughs> to, you know, you got to work on yeah. this move. That part just doesn't work. So yeah, there's going to be definitely that. that yeah,
0: absolutely. You, you, I, I mean from the outside looking in, I see that with parents all the time. I've had parents tell me, hey, I'm paying you money to tell my kids exactly what I tell them. And I'm like, yeah, but I tell them in, a, in an English accent and I don't tell them that's to right. eat their Brussels sprouts. So that's really the only reason that they probably listen. So yep. I, I fully agree. You're, um, do you play golf? I do,
1: yeah. Got a so round you,
0: you, day. You go out and you'll play with your, with your, son,
1: yeah, your I'll pl- son? Yeah, I'll play with my son, you bet.
0: Compete? You try and, you're at that part where you you try and take him down yeah or he tries to take well, you I mean, down
1: yeah he tries to take me down i mean it's about planting those seeds right so you'll appreciate this i mean i i tell them all the time cuz in no way anytime racing up the stairs you know whether are playing pig or something like that <laughs> no time I ever let them win because yeah. i don't want to take away the joy of when you win you've won you know it wasn't given to you yeah and they're you know, them growing up, obviously, you know, you play at seventy percent, kind of let them get close, but then you break away. So <laughs> he's at he's at the point though where like there's a little par three course near us, and if I'm off, he can he's he's getting close. Really? So um, yeah, but I tell him this all the time, like you you're never gonna beat me, <laughs> and it, and, it, and it fires them up, right? And it's like because I don't want to cheapen that experience because when you do beat me. Uh, I want that to be an accomplishment. You know, I want you to feel joy about that.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I remember I used to go running with my dad. We used to run like two, three miles. i had been about the same age as your son. Um, and I could never, I could never beat my dad. And then I remember one day I was on his shoulder um, and I kicked and I, and I beat him. I beat him over two and a half, three miles. Um, and I can still remember to this day, him, being in the, the golf club or being in the bar and telling his friends, oh yeah, Ian was wearing a yellow vest and he kicked and he went past me and it was like Steve Cram. And, you know, that was, that's a story he's telling his friends in the bar, but I remember that it's in here. And it wasn't because I won, it was because I think of his energy. If I'd have just won and nothing was said of it, I'd probably have forgotten about that. But I know he didn't let me win, and I know actually that when I did win, he was so proud of it because he didn't just give it me because I'd earned it over time. Um, so yeah, Yeah, and I've, to be honest, I've never thought about that for a long time until we've had this conversation. So that's why I love doing this podcast. It's like, um, it's like therapy for me. Um, I'm always learning by speaking to people like you and a more corporate athlete is definitely one that I'm going to take from your toolbox and and put into mine. So
1: uh, oh, for sure, man.
0: Appreciate that as so, well.
1: So, how come, how come your dad didn't like use Sebastian Coe? I mean, oh,
0: I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Steve Cram was a yellow vest wearing guy. It was more color related than uh, got it than that. So, oh, I know actually, I do know why. Um, my dad's from Newcastle, uh-huh. um, and Steve Cram, Newcastle. So we'd call them in England, okay. we would call them Geordies. So my dad probably had a big bias towards towards
1: Steve Makes Cram because
0: same part of the country, right?
1: I appreciate that, man. So you're educating me.
0: <laughs> so one of the reasons, uh, and we spoke about this a little off here, um, I love what you do professionally. I see you on social media, at, at golf tournaments, and um, some of your talks. The The book that you've got, uh, Puke and Rally, um, I have every it's intention of – Say that again?
1: So it's a bit cheeky.
0: <laughs> well, it's an attractive title. Like, I don't know what it's about, but I, I saw it on your signature. I've clicked on it. Um, the work that you do is, is very attractive to me. I wanna learn more about you. We're in a similar field. We both like to write and be creative. Um, but the one thing that really fired me up to get you on this podcast was I saw what you do personally in your life. Um, so I, we've, we've touched on you being a professional, we've touched on you being a, a father and how you sort of implement your skills with, with your kids. Now, what I really want to know is about you. You ran four miles every four hours for 24 hours, correct? That's right, yeah. Okay, why?
1: <laughs>
0: Back over to you, Dr. Bell.
1: <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, the 24-hour tw- challenge. Um, why does anybody do anything? I think because they can. Yeah, this was, it was during pandemic and i heard about it a while ago but it's it's tough to kind of set up the time well when pandemic happens right well you got the time and, and uh and my kids did it with me the first time now they would just did one mile every uh every four hours instead of the four miles that's so amazing man. I, would, I love that yeah i mean it's uh you know part of it was training wise and the other part was um i just love doing tough stuff man it's it's tough for me sometimes to relax in life um I'm not a meditation guy. My meditation will be, um, out there in the middle of the night when it's nice and quiet and just focus on your breathing. Like, that's my meditation. I never listen to music when I run or anything. So, um, but it's, it's just getting after it. So it's any, any kind of challenge like that where we can get after it. Um, I just think it's the suffering in life that gives us the appreciation for the small things. And I think suffering is something that needs to be embraced. Uh, it's a good thing because it's only through that suffering, that I think, then do we kind of meet ourselves. Sometimes we don't like the person that we meet, but then that's the opportunity to, like, really get better. And, you know, it's it's during those uh, different kind of challenges, whether it's a 100-mile race, 50-mile race, but anything that I think challenges us and makes us suffer, I'm all about. And that's just, I mean I don't know, just kind of wired that way. So if you were to call me up and say, Rob, like, do you want to go – you know, run 10 miles and then chop wood. i mean, yes, I'm in, mean, let's do it. <laughs> it's just because I love doing that stuff.
0: Well, uh, so what else have you done? Cause it, is it
1: triathlons? You
0: compete in triathlons or just running or?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll do triathlons. I think that's the part. Um, I'm an all around athlete, you know, so I'm not like, my, my daughter will say this, like, dad, like you're great at everything. And I'll stop her and say, no, I'm good at everything I'm not great at anything you know so um you know cycling and swimming so I like doing triathlons then Ironman obviously and um and uh but I mean I think running is probably my favorite so there's trail runs um next one that signed up for just a 50k um and and it's the discipline too I think when there's a goal that's going to be out there a trail 50k know it's going to be tough the discipline of training and and you kind of structure everything kind of around that well what does that look like? The training for a trail 50 K? Like that sounds,
0: I, I like to do things, um, and push myself. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that would ever be on my, uh, my menu that I'm going to check and place an order on. So what, what does that look like? A trail 50 K training, uh, program. And then tell us a little bit, cause often in this world, you know, that those who can do and those who can't teach, right? That's one of the sayings, um, but you're teaching psychological performance. And if you're going to run a 50 K trail run, what, what are you, what's your grind? What's your mental uh, process? What's your focus? What um, mental tools are you giving yourself that may be very similar to the ones that you would train your athletes?
1: Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, so, I mean, the training, I'll probably do the 24-hour challenge again, um, probably in a couple weeks, because that'll be, you know, I want to do the 48-hour challenge. So, I mean, that's, that's 50 miles in 48 hours. The only problem with that one is, you know, I've got a life. So, it's like when you start <laughs> doing these challenges, um, you can't really do anything in the midst of those four hours. Yeah. You, you got to come home, stretch, rehydrate, and, and then just kind of like chill to get ready to go again. Um, it's tough if you got to run a soccer match and then, and then caddy for golf or something like that, but that that's definitely going to be, that that will be one of the challenges next, man. 48 hours. Okay. You know, the, ca- the calendar club is going to be a big one probably next year. That's where you run one mile for every day of the year. Uh, Luke Tybersky, was just on my podcast. I interviewed him. So it's like, you know, the first day of the month, you run one mile, second day you run two, oh my three God. and four. Yeah. Wait till you get up to 20, 21 is every day. That, that dude's tough, you know? So it's like, I don't really think of myself as that tough. You're going to try to attempt that though. Yeah, yeah. I'll set that one up for next year. Maybe if I do it in like the February, so it's only 28 days. <laughs> 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 but
0: that it'll be cold. The,
1: this is what I think when it comes to like performance, you have all those different mental skills that come to it. Because really all you have to do in those kind of races is just keep moving. All okay. you got to do you just have to keep moving. And if you just keep moving, you will finish. Even slow walkers arrive. And it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm going in the mindset of just, well, you know, Hey, just finished last. You still finish. But it's, once you know that if you know that you won't quit and that you will finish, then it really doesn't matter what is thrown at you, whether it's going to be puking uh, injury, anything like that, you, you will finish. And that was why puking rally was, was written. But, um, I always think this one is it's training for our performance or we're testing our performance. And what I mean by that, and this is the mindset that I always take moving in. So if that race is, um, let's say it's going to be on December 1st, I was use an evergreen date. Yeah. So if that race is on December 1st, let's say somebody has a diving competition on December 1st or whenever that is, knowing that that is going to be the date that you're going to be ready. See, what happens is, is the closer we kind of get, we start testing ourselves. Like if today was the day, would I have, how would the race kind of gone? And it's fine if you got a good training day, but sometimes the training days go bad. And then if today was the day, would I have been ready? That puts us, I think, under a whole lot of stress, whole, whole, you know, and it, does, it doesn't need to be that way. What we need to have is that mindset of like December 1st, 8 a.m., that's when I'm going to be ready. So no matter what the activity is, if we're giving a talk to Coca-Cola, if whatever it is, that's when we're going to be ready. So even a week before, would it be nice to be ready? Sure. But you don't have to be ready. It's your training mentality and that's the training mentality versus testing mentality. And I think with the training mentality, it gives ourselves just a little bit more leeway, gives ourselves a little more leash, you know, it gives ourselves to kind of look at it and, and all right, well, what did go wrong today? Because, we don't want every training to go absolutely great because how can we kind of learn the ins and outs about, Hey, this is going to go well. This is a good pace. This isn't a good thing. To eat. This is a good thing to eat. Those sort of things. So I always say, look, uh, training mentality versus the testing mentality.
0: Awesome. And I love that. I've, I've, I've really asked you about you know, how you're going to prepare in your psychology and you've brought it all back to training. 'Cause that's the key, right? That's where oh, champions yeah. are made in the in the training. The the performance is a, a byproduct of that. Um It is.
1: I, lo- I love this one, man. It's like Peyton Manning said pressure is something you feel when you don't know what the hell you're doing. Okay. Buddy it, it all always gets back to how we're preparing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna assume I don't I don't know him that well, but uh I'm gonna assume he was one of
1: the most prepared individuals out there. <laughs> Um, if, if you ever watch anything on him, man, you you'll just see it, I mean, this yeah. is a guy that's like, um, yeah, nobody prepared harder than him. So on, on the day you don't necessarily
0: have any psychological tools that you'll implement or any strategies. You're just like, Hey man, I've trained for this. This is the day I need to be ready. I'm ready. And then you're just going to go and embrace the, uh, the, the struggle like is is that how you see it or on the day do you actually have anything specific like this is my go-to
1: strategy the go-to strategy is it's just this mile okay if you yeah. start thinking about if you start thinking about the end um that's when it starts to get really difficult and the reason why is because you know even if it's a marathon that someone's going to be running at mile 17 it might be crap right it might be absolutely horrible yeah and and what happens is if mile 17 is this bad, how is it going to be at mile 23 and 24? But what we forget is is that physiological response is we all get the second win. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we have that second win. We got that third win, that fourth win, if we can stay in the moment. So just because mile 17 is bad does not mean mile 23 is going to be bad. And that's truth. And so it's just remaining, it's just this mile. It's really, and that's the part of, it's about focus. It's about bringing ourselves back to, Left foot, right foot, finding the rhythm, finding the breath. Because at some point it's going to get really tough. And that's always got to be the go-to is, is just in whatever it is, whatever it's going to be, right? Just this yeah. lift, man. Just, and just and you have movement. to
0: experience that to believe that, right? Some yeah. people would hit the wall and they'll quit. Other people will hit yeah. the wall and they'll know, hey, I've been here before. I got to get through this. And then this is potentially what's on the other side. But if you don't train, um, callish your mind as i'm sure someone that you have read about and, and know about uh, david goggins would say um if you're not doing that in training then you're not going to get to that performance level what do, do you follow goggins at all what, what are your thoughts on oh yeah
1: yeah i mean I, I think the only thing i don't like about goggins is i just think he cusses too much i don't think he needs to drop an <laughs> f-bond everything he says you know I, I get it man you're intense you know and, and, and you're legit but Everything he talks about is is a hundred percent spot yeah. on. You know? Yeah, and even yeah. when it comes like relationships, like she breaks up with you, so what, man? Get over it. You know, focus on the next one. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Have you read his book? So much
1: reality. It's reality. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I read it right when it came yeah, out. Yeah, it's man. deep.
0: It's great. It's deep. Um, so changing gear slightly, uh, I'm doing a challenge, Sober October. Um, I'm not a big drinker, so the sober part is not really much for me might might be the sacrifice of the odd whiskey on a on a saturday night maybe three whiskeys in a month and a sour beer here and there so that's no big deal um but i am gonna do a mirth every day for 31 days um See, that's, that's counter club yeah there you go um i set this up with a I, I, on the podcast previously and my old crossfit coach brandon phillips he competed in the games and he's saying the same things that you're saying he is self-talk when um, he was in the games or he, he does 50 mile mountain runs and trail runs. And he just says to him, Hey, this is your life right now. This is your life right now. And he just keeps using that. This is your life right now. It might suck, but you chose it. Keep going, keep going. So me and him talked about me doing sober October in conjunction with the podcast and trying to inspire a few people to, to join in. Um, and we decided to do a Murph every day for the 31 days in October. And it's going to finish with me doing a, a, a weight vested one uh, against him on <laughs> on the Saturday, um, which I have no intentions of uh, <laughs> winning. I just don't want to be so far behind him, right? This guy's been in the CrossFit games. He's an absolute beast. Um, but he has been um, telling me how to break the Merce down helping me with diet programs, helping me with all this stuff. Um, Obviously, my background is in uh, sports psychology and and effective learning and effective practice. But what advice can you give me um, in my challenge? And then I have other guys that are doing Sober October that are trying to do some big-time things like um, one guy's doing a, a, a detox, a food detox, that is super intense for 31 days. I think that's way harder than doing what I'm doing. Another guy's trying to get 1,000 intensity minutes on his Garmin a week, which I've never got a 1,000 intensity minutes on my Garmin in a week. So um, there, there, there's, these, are, these are guys that all work, um, like myself. Um, we've been average athletes. We've been good athletes. We've been out of shape. We just created this community to try and make everyone be better and pull each other. Um, along. Um, so what advice would, would you have for, for us?
1: Man, that's good. I love it. Now, do you get the <laughs> partition? Do you get the partition each Murph that you do?
0: Yeah. So that's what Brandon taught me The the first one I'm doing, five, 10, 15. Yeah. No, the first one is actually one, two, three, a hundred times. Um, and then it will be two, four, six, fifty 50 times. Um, and I'll, I'll drop off the bar on the first set. So Mondays are very, very, very broken up. And then we've done it. We've done seven. Every Sunday will be unpartitioned in the weight vest. Um, That's how we're going to do it. So Brandon sort of said to me, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you won't feel sore, um, but you'll feel sore sort of from the Thursday, Friday, and the Saturday ones.
1: Yeah, that's great, man. Because the only time I've ever done it, I've just – I've gone five, 10, 15. That's how I've partitioned it. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I love it. I think it's a great workout, man. That's going to be, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to interview you next then, man, on my podcast for <laughs> what, another new of, calendar club. <laughs> well, one of the reasons that I did it was,
0: and I said this on my own podcast, I had a very successful month a few months ago financially and, and professionally. And then the next month was kind of back to just above average. Yeah. And then I was like, what's happened, what's gone wrong? And then I was started chasing money and I, started, I basically started doing all the things and becoming the person that I didn't want to be. So I was like, right, you got to break this habit. And the only way to break a habit is replace it with something else. So I was like, right, Sober October, I'm going to train like a professional athlete. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to give me the experience of feeling like some of the athletes that I work with, the commitment level, but also it's going to break this habit that I'm starting to get, which is the opposite to the message that, that I preach. So I wanted to do something that, that I'm really going to enjoy. But I know there's going to be times um, when I'm struggling. I know there's going to be times the guys in the, in the tribe that we're forming um, are going to be struggling.
1: So, um, so this, this would be my advice. Yeah. Now, this is the only thing I got is, and I think being able to, I think the mental game a lot of times is more about subtraction is addition. So it's like some people say, Rob, like you're so disciplined. Yeah. I mean, I just got to be disciplined for, you know, three hours this day, the rest of the day I can, you know, I could take off, right. I could have a couple of pints. So I think, uh, eliminating something from the life is a lot more difficult, you know, than just kind of adding something. Okay. So like that's right. Th- that's where I think it's difficult because, you know, you start jonesing for it a little bit, you start thinking about it and you start recalling, man, all the great pints he had or how, how nice that would taste. And, and we're stricting ourselves. Right. So if it's like it's same thing, psychology wise, you tell me, Rob, you can't do this. I'm going to, right. I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, I can. Right. So you (laughs) tell me, I can't tell me, I can't have it and then I want it. And that's the way that mind, mind game works. So I think always removing something more difficult. So my only advice is this, is, and that's the part, if you've got a group that, that you're doing this with, it's so righteous, you just got to be honest when, uh, when the triggers happen and you're like, man, it, it's just struggling, yeah. what, what advice have you got for me? And I think just being honest during that part, because if we've got it all together all the time, then, then nobody else is going to be able to share like, yeah, man, I was really, really struggling. And that's the thing, I think we are always, you are who you are when you're alone. And it's going to be the difficult times when I think when we're alone and we don't have that group that's going to be around us, holding us accountable for it, that we just kind of check it out, you know, and I don't know how your mind works, man, but I'm obsessive, you know, obsessed about something. And it's just, I think that's when we get attacked the most is you are who you are when you're alone. Um, and it's just knowing, Hey, this is going to be my strategy for it.
0: Awesome, man. And you know, I guess this personal question for me, your, the, your training, your intensity, doing these challenges, um, you think that helps you win in, in business? You think that's helped you get to where you've got in, in your career and work with these athletes and these um, corporate companies that, that you're stood there and, and talking to and promoting?
1: Yeah, That's a great question, man, because I think about it a lot. And it's, it's part of my identity about who I am so it's difficult to think of well if i didn't do that would i still be you know successful i guess and um i think it does and the reason why is because it you know it's just being able to look back on hey some of the things you've done and look if you've done a hundred miles then what's what's this you know and it puts everything in perspective mm. you know if, when you were puking in a race and you still finished that 50 K that really just solidified the belief that I I won't give up and I know I won't give up. And it's the same mindset I think in business that definitely applies to like the workouts and the training it's um, it's discipline, it's focus on this moment and it's never giving up. Like if you know that not giving up is going to be, is the only option, like you remove every other option, what else you got? And so it's just being a, about finding a way, making those adjustments. And that's the part that I think really helps. The other part is, is if I don't. And I've gone, you know, I had an injury a couple months ago, so I wasn't able to run. And it was like, you know, after a couple of days, uh, I'm not the best person to get around, right? Because I'm mm. a little bit more anxious to just being relaxed I think in that yeah. business environment too and plus the street cred I think you know with my golfers and stuff we definitely get street cred for sure you work out with any of your athletes yeah I do and um I used Crush to a him? lot more <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just depends no not not always man there's a, there's a couple that you know will do some really tough workouts like I can operate in my middle energy system like all day long but some of them man will be pushing that kind of crossfit wise yeah. And uh, boy, that's maxing out. So they're uh, they're a lot tougher than I am, I think, man. Um, but I always bet, like I'll have push up bets. Okay. So, and so if they win the bet, I've got the push ups. If they lose it, then they got the push ups, or they got to run. So yeah, okay. always the best
0: Yeah, I, I, I do similar things. Similar things myself. Um, to so the book, man, let's, let's, uh, I know you've got to go. Um, we got, we got a hard stop. We got hard stuff in a few minutes The the puke and rally book, tell us, I'm sure that without even intentionally doing it, we've covered like the, the, the core of, of maybe what it's about, but, uh, give it us in a, in a bit more detail. And then what I'll do is the, the guys that are in the tribe, will uh, will will we'll get hold of this book and we'll make this one, uh, our Bible to get us to get us through October. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, so sell it to us,
1: sell it to us. Well, that's good, man. I appreciate it. Do you want the story behind it? Yeah. Yeah, man. There's more. everything, everything, give it, let's okay. go. So the, and the real premise on this one is, is puke and rally. The fact that everybody's puked, you know, and what does it take then to rally? And again, it's not like how to extend our weekend celebrations or like, how do we get tougher, you know, by making <laughs> our athletes puke. It's just the fact of, the part that I've seen that's so important, and this is where I see even with like a sober October, right? What happens? Why does New Year, why do New Year's resolutions fail all the time? 80% of them fail, you know, without fail, they fail. And the reason why is because, you know, life is going pretty good, right? Like I, I, I wasn't going to drink at all and, or, or I was going to work out every day. Life's going good, man. I'm working out every single day. And then bam, then life, the other part of life happens, right? My kid gets sick, got a really bad day at work, man, get fired. Something bad happens and I miss. So I either miss that workout. I say, screw it. I have that drink or I have that piece of cake. And then what happens? The problem with it is every past failure that we've ever had in our life. That's where I think that all comes flooding back into our mind. And we start saying to ourselves, well, see, you couldn't do it. When the part was, and what was really important is, look, it's just one workout, man. It was just one, one drink. What matters more is not the setback. What matters more is what happens afterwards. And so it's not like I'm going in here thinking, all right, man, well, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I'm going to have a drink, but then I'm going to get back on. And I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, is that bad stuff is going to happen. You're going to miss a workout. You're going to eat that piece of cake. You've got to have that confidence that that is just a bruise. It's not a tattoo. Mm. And it's what happens afterwards. And that's, that's why New Year's resolutions fail, man. It's because they miss that workout and then, bam, it's like, screw it. I blew it. I knew I couldn't do it. And then we miss another one. And then we miss another one and then it's done. And that's why if we can just overcome that one mistake and realize that that's not our identity. We're not, we're yeah. not meant to fail like that. and that's the part where you know puke and rally really comes into play, and the whole the whole story just in in a quick sentence was this: is there was a fifty k that I was doing, and it was extremely hot. And I get up to mile twenty four, and it was, you know, I was in severe dehydration mode. How, how many how many
0: miles is fifty k? So fifty k
1: thirty two. This was okay. this was a, this, so a, this was all trail. I mean, this was uh, five thousand feet of elevation descent. I mean, this was tough, and it was in the yeah. high eighty degrees. And I get to mile 24, man, everything comes up. You know, I mean, it's just projectile vomit. Oof. And my kids, my kids are there. And they want to know, like, what's going on with daddy? I tried drinking stuff and everything just coming up. I mean, it's just rejection. Yeah. And, and what happens then is the skies open up and it starts dumping rain where, like, you're just completely soaked, like, in 30 seconds. And so when, that's, when that sky opens up, we kind of retreat to the car. I was going to see my, my wife and kids there, so that's where they happen to be. And we retreat to the car. I'm in the back seat. And if you can just kind of picture this, I'm opening up the back seat door to outside, puking, closing the door, and then looking at my kids who are just like crying their eyes out. Yeah, they yeah, have no idea. Definitely. You know, they're, they're eight and four at the time, or eight and six, and they have no idea what's going on. My wife gets in the car and she's like, We're, yeah, you know, I, I told them you're dropping out and i couldn't really argue with her at the time but in our family and in our house the part is is like you don't give up period yeah and and so we're driving back to the cabin and i'm just in no mental state i'm just really now i'm you know just trying to get myself together and then i heard my son ask my wife you mean daddy had to quit and that voice then was kind of in my head we get back to the cabin i've got the dry heaves trying to take you know i mean shivering cold, man, 80 degrees out. Not a good spot. I'm trying to take a warm shower. They go out for lunch. I kind of pass out for about 30 minutes. They come back, they go to sleep and I kind of wake up and then I start to have some water and, and it's still not feeling good, but then I kind of have a little something to eat. I have a little bit more water and then that voice started kicking in my head. You mean daddy had to quit? And then it kind of dawned on me and it was like, I woke her up. And I said, and one of the things we say is like, we didn't come here to paint. Like we came here to do a job. Yeah. So I woke her up and I said, look, we didn't come here to paint. You're taking me back to finish. And she took me back, you know, with the kids and dropped me off at that same spot. And, you know, I had the 10 miles left and I finished the race. Awesome. In complete, in complete mud and a lot hotter than what it was when I ended. But I finished and I've got the record. I guarantee, man, I've got the record for the slowest time. <laughs> but I finished. And that Uh, was, and that's where puke and rally came to be, man. So it wasn't, and it was a lot of more races after that that you puke. And the puke is not what's important. What matters is, is do you have the confidence to be able to rally? And how do we come back from that? And the other part, I just want to add on this one, man. sorry to belabor the point, but one of the premises in the book, we talk about being told that you can't do something as overcoming that. Like you got to overcome the people that don't believe in you and stuff like that. See, I think it's the opposite. I think you have to be told you're not good enough. You've got to be told that's not a good idea or that's stupid. And only then do we, is it a fish or cut bait moment where we're like, mm. no, I don't believe that person or I believe in myself. I'm sorry. It's either I believe in that person or I believe in myself. There's, there's no middle ground when it comes to that. And so that's where I think it's like, you know, every successful a significant person has always told that and it, a lot of people say it was proving them wrong and I get that but a lot of it's just proving themselves right I think we have to be told that though I think that is a a, a recipe a requisite for success because if we're not told that then we just got people that are pop you know patting us on the back all the time and where's the adversity yeah. in that?
0: well that's amazing um I think the you know I asked you uh, are you are you are you are you giving psychological advice or coaching advice to to your kids? Uh, and you you, you gave a, a a good answer, but I think your actions are doing it right. That's the key. Um, that's that's
1: the big why too. Yeah, man.
0: there you go. Yeah, as coaches, the words that leave our mouth are they're often words, and I don't I think if we don't have the actions to back it up, they're just going to remain words and information. But when your kids and your athletes see you living your life that way, those words that leave your mouth, they have a different um, vibe to them, a different energy, a different feel. And then even when no words leave your mouth, when people know that you do those things, when your kids know that you you live your life like that, um, they're going to model that behavior and they're going to they're going to push on and they're going to learn and grow. Um, from your example. So that's awesome, man. And and look, that's why I wanted to have you on because I I knew it, I could see it on your, your social media. Um, One last question. um, And then you can tell us where, where people can find you and things like that. Um, And again, we, we're very similar. We're very similar in the, the, the field that we work in, our beliefs, the challenges that we do. And uh, You're you're more shredded than I am though, man. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Your mile time will, your mile time will crush me. I'm, I'm down like eight and a half minutes at the minute. Like it's not, it, it's not fun running for me. I've, I've really got to get on top of that. The guys in the tribe, um, I, I can move through some of the workouts, but then if there's running, we all, they all catch me on the running and then they all go past me on the running. Um, but we're very similar in one of area areas as well, the, the tattoos. Um, so I know you have, a, you have a tattoo and there's a story behind it. So I, I saw that. I found that very interesting. If, you just want, if you've got time, uh, just share a little bit about that. And then, uh, and then we'll wrap up, man. Tell people where they can, uh, where they can find you, where they can buy the book, etc.
1: Yeah. Cheers, mate. I appreciate it, man. Um, <laughs> You know, dot puken, com is where they can always get the book. My website's just drrobbell.com. And um yeah, I mean, the, the tattoo, I mean, I was a big Henry Rollins fan kind of growing up. So it's like, I'm an all or nothing guy, you know? Yeah not saying it's the best mentality, but that's just how I'm wired. So man, I was, I was a knucklehead. I mean, just, you know, I was an athlete growing up, man, but I was just big into drinking and just drank way too much. And it was, um, and it cost me a lot. And it was, it was just around that time where it's like the mentality was, look, if I'm going to get a tattoo, I'm going to get the tattoo. So I got a huge sun that was on my back and the middle went empty for a long time. That's probably symbolic. And it was only then, did I start to put things in the middle that meant things in my life? So, um, you know, the grad school temple in Tennessee, are in the middle, and then my kid's birthdays, and then I got the Iron Man tattoo. I'm not, I'm not a, a right calf kind of guy when it comes to it comes to the <laughs> Iron Man, but the M dot ones. So I put that in the middle of the back, and then I'm putting uh, JFK 50, and I've got the spot there on the right for the 100 miler that's coming up that got canceled. But uh, all the races then are just going to go in the middle, man. I just think that's what it's about. It's just about it's just about filling our ourselves with the experiences it um whenever I do a race, man, there's always that point that I kind of brings me to tears a little bit, whether it's thinking about the kids, but I just think this is this is life, man, this is living. you can I don't know if you can get it on uh, sitting on a couch I, it's fine, I like enjoying myself and I like relaxing, but I just think only when we're in. You know, on the field and doing that, I think that 's when real life is just appreciated so that 's the story behind a tattoo man so i 'll put all the significant events in the in the middle
0: awesome man i I love it. Um, I know you 've got to go. I really appreciate uh, you coming on. Um, I would love to connect again uh the, the The similarities in our in our journey are very similar. You can run way further than me and way faster than me. Um, But we share a lot of the the same beliefs. So I'd love to. I'll read your book, and then I would love to connect again sometime. This was
1: awesome. After you've got your uh, your calendar for the Murph and Sober October, let's get you on my podcast, Fifteen Minutes Mental Toughness, and I'll I'll throw the questions back to you, man. I want to hear that experience.
0: Love it, man. Perfect. I'll do that. Thanks so much, Dr. Bell. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Keep grinding. (laughs) Bye bye.
1: You've just taken a step
0: forward to making a positive change in your life. That's right.
1: You're one step closer to leaving frustration, stress, and anxiety behind. This was the Beyond the Mind podcast.
0: Let's apply some positive change into your world.